Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, I want to piggyback on episode 91. <laughs> I couldn't remember which one it was. Uh, it's actually 92, which is scripting my favorite manifesting tool. And I thought in this one, I would do scripting 2.0, uh, diving a little deeper in the whole concept, the whole idea of scripting. Scripting is about telling a story about the future that you want to live into. It's based on the idea that we are constantly telling a story about why things are the way they are, either in descripting or generating how we want to be. Scripting is totally about generating a new way of being and an intended future. Our stories or our script are filled with beliefs and ideas that govern our behavior, that guide our destiny. And I say destiny because it's created by you the moment you create an intention. So when your script or your story is in alignment with your intention, it's inevitable that you'll fulfill on it. Now, this episode should stand on its own, but if you want to add dimension to the concept, I would go back if you haven't already listened to it. Go back and listen to episode 92. I probably should have written that down, but it is episode 92, Scripting My Favorite Manifesting Tool. Now, in Scripting 2.0, I want to speak a little more about probable futures. I alluded to it when I told the story about how I sensed an accident coming my way and I created a whole different scenario. I created a new story and I projected my, my focus, I projected my consciousness into another future, another probable reality, one that I was able to step into. Because the, the current belief systems that I had, the current uh, timeline that I was on, was going to lead to an accident. So I created an alignment with a different future. Because it is only in our mind that time seems to have this uh, lateral movement from left to right, from backwards to forwards. Time is a mental construct. It's something that's created. Our experience of time is simply a measurement of events. And those events might be the tick-tock of a clock or, you know, different events in our lives that mark a year or 10 years. But in the context of infinite time where there is no beginning and no end, one minute, a hundred years, a thousand years is essentially the same. It's just a blip in time. It's just a moment in time. So in the context of the universe, all events happen simultaneously. And by visioning or telling a story, a narrative, scripting, a different reality or reality that we want to move forward to, we actually generate the effect back in time or seemingly back in time. So any possible scenario, any possible future that you can script, that you can tell, that you can envision is possible for you. All you need to do is get in alignment to, in this moment with that future. And that is telling the story of how you want it to be congruently, 
congruently, aligning your heart, your mind, and your body in a way where it feels real. Now, when I said that I drove around and I kept saying this, you know, I reject that other possibility. What I am creating is this other scenario. And I stated that that story again and again until it felt real, as if it felt like it was complete. So at this point, if you haven't listened to episode 92, you probably want to stop this and go back and listen to that because all this will make a lot more sense. Uh, I think I lied. Uh, I didn't know I was going to talk about this exactly or specifically. So for reference, you may want to go back to that other podcast first and then begin this one. But stepping back into the flow of the previous conversation here, another way to say uh, this whole thing about creating a script is that we're generating from the fourth dimension. You see, it's in the realm of thought that we're creating this story, we're creating this vision, we're creating the effect, and then the cause. You see, in the three-dimensional world, it's cause and effect. In the fourth-dimensional world, it's effect, cause. This is why it's so important to align first energetically and get the vision, get the story of where you want to end up. You want to be in alignment, in vibration as you result. Neville Goddard said it this way, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. I'm often fond of referencing form versus essence. We want to connect to the essence of what we want, essence of the goals, essence of the intentions. And what that means is, if you don't remember or if you haven't listened to it yet, is that uh, let's say we want money. A lot of people say they want money, but we don't really want money in and of itself. We want what we can do with money. And we don't even want that because ultimately we want the feeling at the end of what we can do with the extra money. For instance, I want an extra $10,000 so I can travel more freely. Well, do I really want to travel in and of itself, or what is it about travel that I'm attracted to? Well, when I travel, I get to experience other cultures. I get to add to my experience of life. And is that what I really want? Actually, when I do those things, it makes me feel good. It generates a sense of excitement, a sense of freedom, a sense of exploration. I love to discover new things. I like the way that feels. And so if I trace the line back, it's not the money I want. It's that feeling of discovery, that feeling of excitement that I want. And so when I'm creating a script or creating a scenario to bring in more money, I reference the sense of freedom, discovery, and uh, autonomy that I get to have where I can do what I want, when I want, and be connected to that excitement that is attached to it. And so in fourth dimensional creation, I be the feeling. I be in discovery. I get curious. I get excited about the littlest things. I feel the feeling because I don't need the event to feel the feeling. I can just think about the event. I can think about that feeling. What does discovery feel like? What does excitement feel like? What does satisfaction feel like? I can call it up because I've referenced this before, or I can imagine what it might feel like. So, for instance, 
Let's say I have the intention of generating an extra $1,000, $2,000 a month because I've, I've identified that that would make a difference for my life. So for the script that I'm, I'm telling, the story that I'm telling myself about that process, I say it as if it's happening now. I love how generating an extra 1000 to $5,000 a month has changed my life. I have a greater sense of ease. I am excited about each and every day, like just the possibility of what I can do. I love having that extra 1000 to $5,000, and I love spending it because I know more is coming. I, each and every day, I know more money is coming all the time. And what's interesting is something I didn't know way back when, is that just knowing that money is coming, it comes in the most unexpected ways. It comes in ways that I could never have imagined, you know, 30 days ago. So here's the criteria that you want to use when creating a script, when generating a script that will generate a future that you want to enjoy. And there's going to be a couple here added to the, you know, the list that I gave you in episode 92. First is state it in the positive. State it what you want. Don't state it about what you don't want. Because the mind cannot not think of something. Like right now, don't think of a blue elephant with pink polka dots. Don't think about it. Don't think about that little blue bunny with cherub wings flying around the ceiling. Don't think about it. In fact, because you've been not thinking about it, there's now three and four of them. They're just multiplying. So state what you do want. And I was just talking with my wife a couple days ago uh, because she was telling our son not to do something. And I added what we did want him to do. Oh, I know what it was. I almost forgot as I was going to be too general here. Uh, He was already dressed to go to school. He wanted to go outside. His mother told him not to get dirty. And I said, yes, stay clean. Keep your clothes clean. And she said, thank you. Because, you know, it's a practice. The mind is a difference engine. And we tend to see the pain in a situation. We tend to see what we don't want. And it just spills off our tongue. And it has been a practice for me over the years of anytime I've said what I don't want, I immediately state what I do want. And the more you practice, the more you correct yourself, you begin thinking just in terms of what you want to create. And what you don't want doesn't even come up, you know, for entertainment. So state it in the positive. Two, state it as a a condition of being in the present moment. State it as if it's true, as if it's already happened. Assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Be here now, be in the that reality as if it's already happened. And something that I didn't mention in the previous podcast is that it should be believable, at least by you. Now, sometimes we throw something out there that is not part of our current reality, and we doubt it a little bit. But that doubt will kill it. That doubt will erase it. It's as if it negates it. So if you tell the story and you get the sensation or the feeling that it's just a bunch of BS, then you need to tell a story in a way that's believable. And one way to do that is by putting the doubt into the past. You know, if we just push the doubt aside and pretend it's not there, you know, those things that we we try to resist persist. Because, again, you cannot not think of something. 
Like, don't think of the doubt. Don't think of... So you want to assume the feeling of confidence. Assume that it is going to happen. Absolutely has happened. And when you connect with the feeling of that wish fulfilled, the doubt seems to disappear. But if it's present, if it's coming up, acknowledge it and then put it in the past. Do it something like this. I remember when. I actually remember once upon a time that I doubted that I had the capability of attracting an additional thousand to five thousand dollars a month. I doubted it. And for years I pushed it aside. But as I stepped into the having of it, as soon as I connected to the feeling of it, I experienced a sense of joy and freedom and discovery of having, of consistently having in my bank account, even in my pocket, you know, thousand dollars, five thousand dollars at a time. Right now, I have $3,000 in my pocket. I could do just about anything I wanted to do uh, in this moment, or at least get it started. So the principle behind that is acknowledging the feeling. Yes, it was there. It's there, but we put it in the past. And the principle behind that is we just have to state it in a way where it feels believable to us, at least possible to us. And the flip side of that, you've probably have experienced with different affirmations or affirmations that have been suggested. You know, I am a millionaire. And part of you saying, no, you're not. Another way to say that is I am adopting a millionaire mindset. I Each and every day, I'm learning more and more ways to attract money, to generate money, how to work with money, how to grow money. I am falling in love with money. Now, I should probably address that. Uh, I didn't plan on saying that I'm falling in love with money, but I am falling in love with money more and more every day. Now, some people have this knee-jerk response like, well, that's not very spiritual or no, money doesn't buy happiness or there's so many things that money doesn't buy. But the truth is that money allows you to do a great deal. It allows you to help people to a greater degree. It provides you with more power to do good. More money in your hands is better than more money in a criminal's hands. And one way of connecting with that is generating a list of the things that you could do if you had an additional million dollars. If you had a million dollars at your discretion or $10 million at your discretion, that what could you do? How could you impact the world in a way that you're not currently able to today? And this brings me to a fourth condition in generating a script is to do it because it feels good telling the story. Don't tell this new story because you want to get something. You know, that is a side benefit. Tell the story, envision the story, visualize the future because it feels good. It feels good just thinking of all the ways, all the difference I can make for people, for the world, for myself. What, what places could I visit? And what is the feeling that I would have as I stand on the crest above Machu Picchu? And that's one place on my bucket list. I actually found a resort not too far away. People on the ground that can lead us up there. Because I've always wanted to have the non-tourist experience. But when I envision that, I think about the wonder, the just the, the breathing, the mountain air. And looking over the vista... And imagining, what was it like, you know, 10,000 years ago? 
And I say 10,000 years ago because it's been attributed to the Aztecs, but the Aztecs said, we didn't build this. It was here before we arrived. But I want to go back for a moment and put a fine point on this fourth uh, condition. Do it because you enjoy it, not in order to get something. Because if the if the sponsoring feeling that you're hanging on to is that you're telling this story, you're creating this script in order to get something, the sponsoring belief, the sponsoring feeling underneath it is I do not have it now. And that is the condition. That's the energy that you're putting forward. So as you tell a future script, do it with so it evokes a feeling. Do it so it evokes emotion and rich emotion. Tell it so it's vibrant and rich. Play with it until you enjoy telling the story of how it is. Telling it should put a smile on your face. It should make you feel good. And in telling the story, uttering the script, there is a feeling of inevitability. That this is the truth. This is absolutely true. Now, I want to touch back on that feeling of doubt that we had way back when. Sometimes we feel as if we create this this narrative, we create a future, we have to know how it's going to come about. Well, we leave the how up to the universe. But sometimes, in us not knowing how it's going to come about, it creates uh, some trepidation. It It creates doubt and insecurity. So the way I've come to to view this, the way I've come to talk about it, is that I am committed to attracting one to $5,000 a month. And I have to tell you, I have no way of knowing how I'm going to do it from day to day. It just shows up. I become inspired. I get little urges. I create pet projects. And those generate more and more money all the time. So again, I acknowledge the fact that I don't know how. I don't push it aside. I acknowledge it. I put it right out in the open to where it doesn't have any power. And then I kind of invalidate. Like, I don't need to know how. I'm leaving that up to the manager, the management. And that's that's one way to create. Like, we're giving an assignment to the management. You're the owner of the business. You're the CEO. And you're going to tell your manager, I want this done. And you're not telling him how to do it. You expect the management to fulfill for you. They're going to bring on the appropriate people, gather the appropriate resources. They're going to get it done because if they don't get it done, they're out of there. You'll get a different manager. So from the context and the power of a CEO, you usher the order, you usher the rule, and then you let somebody else handle the details. So as we move forward, I want to uh, give you some scenarios, some manifesting or scripting scenarios that you can utilize and use in your own life. One is to use the power of gratitude in affirming the narrative that you're creating. And that goes along like this. I love and appreciate that I am able to consistently attract one to five thousand extra dollars each and every month. I'm thankful for that feeling that I always have enough. There's always more than enough. That feeling of overflow, more and more money coming in, more money than I know how to spend. And here's a different tag. I love and appreciate that the universe is continually conspiring on my behalf. 
I create an intention and they go to work on fulfilling it. I have 10,000 angels at my beck and call. All I have to do is say, I want it and I can have it. I love that feeling and I'm so thankful that I get to play like this in the universe. The next scenario I want to talk about may not be everyone's cup of tea because it involves a little groundwork. It involves writing. Now, some people think they're not a writer, but what if you were to say it like this? I love the fact that I'm able and capable of writing down my thoughts, no matter how just jumbled they are at first. This goes back to my, my suggestion. I've said it again and again. It's one of my favorite, is that if you have a limiting belief that comes up, for instance, I'm not a writer. Well, if I were a writer, how might I go about it? You play the what-if game. You take on the characteristic that you are a writer, and how would a writer behave? You see, an amateur believes that they can write something down, and it's perfect the first time as it flows out. A writer knows that they just want to get the ideas out on paper first, and then the real creativity, the real work in it is editing. You know, eliminating things and polishing things, but we do it like Shakespeare said, to assume a virtue, act as if you have it not. Now, I remember a time when I had to have a young man do some board work for me. I had no one else available, and I said, I need the, this printed out on this board. And he says, I'm not an artist. I can't do this. And he was having a meltdown. Now, the way I handled this is kind of interesting. And this might even be the topic for its own podcast, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you how I did it, how I approached it anyways. You see, when you have, when someone has a limiting belief, you acknowledge it. Because if I would have said, of course you could do it, you can write it, you can print it out, that's not overcoming that limiting belief. So I acknowledge it and I said, of course you can't do it. You know, you're not an artist. But if you were to take on the persona of Da Vinci, Da Vinci could do it. If I was Da Vinci, this would be a piece of cake. This would be so simple. I am going to step into the shoes of Da Vinci. And you know what? He printed the board, he drew the little things, and it was perfect. And he felt so accomplished afterwards. So uh, when you have a limiting belief, this is bonus material, when you have a limiting belief, acknowledge it. I had a client come to me one time and she says, I'm sickening, I'm overweight, I'm gross. And I said, yes, you know, some people might consider you to be overweight and gross, but I think you're uniquely gifted. And you have a vision for how you want your life to be, how you want your body to be. If you could make small incremental changes to fulfilling and, and creating that body, wouldn't it be interesting? Wouldn't it be fun? And she said, yes. She said, I actually have a vision. I, I have a, uh, one of those uh, vision boards of you know, women in bikinis of how I want to look. And I said, that's perfect. In fact, you not only have that, you probably have a vision in your mind. How would it feel to have that body? How would it feel to be able to walk out in the world and you know, be able to bend over and see your toes? I said, while it's true that you may have a few extra pounds, you could be fatter. I mean, you could carry more weight. There's people all over the world that are bigger and heavier than you. So you've achieved a certain result. You've done certain things, and this is the effect. Well, our point of power is in this moment. 
And if your body can put weight on, it can take it off. It can take off the excess. You can arrive at the perfect weight for you. And that's all we really want, isn't it? So again, if I would have said, oh, you're not fat or you're beautiful, it would have said, no, I'm not. It's that BS detector because it, it doesn't jive with an inner belief. So we acknowledge the belief. So when you get the BS detector coming up for you, you know, we put it in the past. You acknowledge it. Yes, it's there. Yes, I had doubt once upon a time. Of course you have doubt because this has not been ingrained in you yet. You know, when you first sat down and started to tie your shoe, you thought it was difficult. It was it was cumbersome. Your fingers didn't work and you're trying to make the bow and get the strings to go the right way. And it just seemed impossible. But after a couple times of successes, that confidence began to grow because once you do it, then you're confident. You're never confident if you haven't done it yet. True confidence is just the idea that you can do it, that if you sooner or later, you will accomplish it. If you stay the course, if you stay with it, if you don't give up, you can accomplish it. You can take it on. You can create the skill. And that's where we go back to when we don't know how, we're committed. I'm committed to doing this. And I have no idea how it's going to happen. But that's okay. I don't need to know how because the universe has my back. I love the fact that the universe conspires on my behalf. In fact, I have a history of beginning things over and over again. And on the front end, I had no idea how it was going to happen. But I just stuck with it. And before you knew it, I was able to accomplish it. I just realized that I've taken a little detour here, but everything that I've talked about has been relevant. Uh, It's just different the way I thought it was going to go. So that's a little bit of the channeling aspect to this. So going back to writing a letter to yourself. Now, we're going to start out with you, your future self, writing a letter to yourself. Now, it could be out in the future a week or two weeks, 60 days, 90 days, 100 days. I like 100 days, but... But the way this works is your future self having already accomplished what you want to accomplish, whatever your intentions are, in the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 100 days. So how this works is you project out what you want to accomplish in the next week or whatever time frame that you're throwing out there. And I would say the shorter the time frame, the fewer the objectives. And in a you know, in the very near future, we're going to talk about outcomes and goals and intentions. Uh, we'll, we'll put a fine point on this. But for all intents and purposes, if you just project a week out, just focus on one outcome. If you extend it out to 30, 60, 90, 100 days, focus on three outcomes or no more than three. And you write your letter something like this. Dear Daniel... You should be so proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. You set a goal of losing 10 pounds, of gaining some health and fitness. And you've been to the gym every day. Well, you missed three days. It was 28 days out of 30. But you should be proud of yourself. That was an accomplishment. And just the fact that you went through and did this, you had a specific result that you achieved. And I feel so much better. I feel like I have more energy. I just move through my day with a whole new sense of confidence. And I'm just writing you to tell you that you did it and how proud I am and how thankful I am that you stayed the course. 
and you can even put in there, there was a couple days where you felt like you were going to give up, but you stuck with it. I'm so proud of you. This letter is a little twist on, you know, projecting out in the future. It gives you a different perspective, and sometimes that's easier to write. Now, there was a study at some university, and I can't remember what it was, Harvard or something like that, from the psychology department. They found that when you state affirmations in the third person, that it has more credibility. Like when you're saying to yourself, I have a millionaire mind, you're not necessarily the most credible source to say that because, well, frankly, you've been known to lie to yourself. Saying it from the third person, we can do it like this. Daniel, I am so impressed with you. I've been watching you and you have a millionaire mind. Millionaire, in fact, you have a billionaire mind. I've watched you study, I've watched you investigate, I've watched you meditate on different ways to attract money, different ways to put products out in the world, different ways to make a difference, creating value for other people. And I'm so impressed that people love giving you money. If it's in the context of uh, gaining health and fitness, it could be like some imaginary person uh, stops you at the gym 30 days from now, and they could say something like this. You know, I've been watching you. We've been coming here about the same time, and I usually work out over there. And I'm just so impressed with your focus. You've been here every day that I've been here, and I thought I was doing good. I've never not seen you here. And when you are here, you're focused, you're just doing your processes, doing your exercises, and you are an inspiration. I've watched your body change over time. It's been amazing. It's, you've been an inspiration to me. Okay, I'll put my podcaster hat back on, my teaching hat. And this is Daniel. I'm no longer doing a narrative. But wouldn't you just love for some stranger to come up to you and saying, you know, I've been watching you from afar. And oh my God, you're amazing. You have inspired me beyond belief. You should be proud of yourself. So my friend, that was an example of third-person validation, third-party validation. The next scenario is a little more advanced. Well, it's not that advanced, but it's something that I do in my advanced goal-setting workshops. And feel free to steal it. But it's a, it's a twist on writing yourself a, a 90-day or 100-day letter. It's you sitting with one foot at death's door. Like, you know you're about to pass away and you're reflecting back over your life and you tell the story of your journey from where you are now to you, the perfect ending in the future. And if I was to do this for myself, I would be, you know, 120 looking back. You know, when you were 60, you didn't realize you still had 60 years to live. You thought you had accomplished a lot up till then. Let me tell you what you've done since then. And this is where I can go into detail in Daydream about the different activities, the different characteristics I was able to take on and that ended up at a life well lived. See, I can tell this story from the context of ending it exactly where I want it to be, beginning with the end in mind. And then tell the story of the decisions, the progress, the paths that I had to take that led me to this point of satisfaction. And what's interesting is just like I had my young man take on the persona of Da Vinci, 
you take on the persona of yourself at the end of a life well lived, at the end of your epic adventure. And you tell the story of what made it an epic adventure. You actually engage your subconscious mind, your other than conscious mind. You pull in information not only that's within you, but also non-local information, guidance from your guides, from God, Goddess, all that is. And that becomes a counseling session for yourself. It becomes a future to live into. And I'll leave you with this one last idea, and it's not all the ideas out there on scripting. I think I've I've talked a lot about the process of scripting, and you have a, a really good idea how to make it work for yourself if you didn't already. But this one last process on scripting is uh, taking it to another level. It's coming from the context of you having died, like you've kicked the bucket, you've left the planet, and uh, somebody is talking about your life at your funeral or your memorial. And they start listing off your accomplishments, the things that you did, the legacy that you left behind, all the amazing things that you've done in your life, the epic adventure that you lived. And a little twist on this is to do it from the context of a documentary or a a biopic or an article that someone wrote on you about your life or or just kind of popping in my head a wikipedia post on who you were and the difference and the impact that you made on the world i think that's a good one do a, a wikipedia post so before i end this I, I would be remiss if i didn't tie in or talk about intuition how does intuition factor into this scenario Well, once you declare a narrative, declare your story, or write a script, that becomes your current question. How do I fulfill on this? And your other-than-conscious mind, which is your subconscious and then all it is, will begin dropping hints, urges, and impulses, uh, actions to take, ideas, will just pop in from nowhere that will be in alignment with you fulfilling on your script, on your story. And most often, these will pop in your head when you're idle or your mind is working on something else that's somewhat mundane, like driving or you know, in the shower, brushing your teeth, drinking coffee. Ideas will just pop in your head. They also occur as you are just waking in the morning or just before you fall asleep or as you're entering or coming out of meditation. And this is why intuition is so valuable in the process of manifesting, because the breadcrumbs are given to you by the universe. This is why you don't have to know how you're going to accomplish it. You assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. You uh, take the position that it's a done deal. It's inevitable. It's happening. I just don't know how. And you rely on the universe to fill in the details. Well, until next time, this is Daniel Danovi urging you to follow your bliss. Listen to your inner signals. And you're all in the process of living the epic life. <laughs>